What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of The Bitch You Better. You better. I need to work on a better intro. Uh, the Bitch You Better podcast. It's your girl, Jazz, back in the studio with my favorite, Charles. Shout out to Charles. That's my guy. Uh, just want to say thank you, everybody that's tuned in. Fun fact, uh, you guys got two episodes last week because Charles and she... They are literally Captain save and they saved that episode and that audio that I thought was gone with my sister, so I definitely threw some shade to her on the last episode, but it's fine. We're good. Everything's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But today, we have such a great guest. I'm like so hyped, you guys. We have Elijah, the GoFundMe killer, in the studio today with Bitch You Better. Yay! What's going on? What's welcome, going on? welcome. I'm I'm really excited, um, seriously, because this conversation is super, super important. Um, I also just appreciate you coming on because I think people thought that the podcast was going to be a joke, and we are very serious over here. We are giving you guys gems, right? So... Thank you for coming on. No, thank you for for having me. I'm excited to be on. Uh, excited to share, uh, you know, a little bit of game, sprinkle a little right. bit of game on onto the followers. So exactly, I'm excited. Thank you for being here. And and again, uh, sorry for for everything that happened this morning. Uh, just crazy. Sorry again, Charles and she. <laughs> I appreciate everybody for putting up with me. Clearly, this is why I'm single because I just drive men insane. But anyways, uh, so Elijah's here and he is here to talk to us about financial literacy, uh, life insurance, uh, uh, estate planning, 401ks, why it's important. And um, especially just being that we are people of color, that we are black people, why it's very, very important that our community uh, plans for the future because um, we are very much of, oh, live in the moment, catch a vibe <sighs> the, type people. The, the Willow Smith song. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. I'm so, I can't, I literally cannot stand that. And it's so funny, too. I do like that song, though. I, I, do, I, like I do. I do enjoy it's it. going for the bar. That's the only part I know because <laughs> it's on TikTok. And it's, it's actually funny because last week, uh, Bama and Candy were on and Bama actually works in insurance. He does like car insurance and he said he's licensed to do other things, but mostly he does that. So I just think it's, we're evolving. So enough of yeah. me talking. I want to know about you. Yeah. So, uh, I grew up here in Arizona, yes. uh, mostly East Valley. So I went to Gilbert high school. I went to Chandler high school. I uh, finished up at, at Leading Edge Academy, which is a charter school, which was I'm super thankful for. Nice. Um, played basketball all throughout high school, junior high, elementary. Uh, Basketball-wise, I spent a lot of time in the West Valley, so mm -hmm. like North High School, Central, Cesar Chavez. What year are you? Um, I graduated 2013. You're younger than me? Uh, 2013? You're, what? Yes, you're younger than me. Whoa. I don't know why I thought you were older than me. Maybe it's because you're just so mature. That's crazy. Yeah. So not to get off topic, but like definitely we probably cross paths because I, we play games at Cesar Chavez because I, I used to play basketball. I'm going to post a picture. I don't think people believe me that I was a, I was a hooper before I had all this ass. Um, but I had games at North at Cesar, Cesar Chavez. Like that's so funny. 
I don't know yeah. why I thought you were older than uh, me. Golden Gate used to play over there, here and there. Uh, Moon Valley, a lot of tournaments at Moon Valley. Yeah. Fun fact, I don't think I ever lost a game, an AAU game at Moon at Valley. At Moon Valley, yeah. Yeah, that was our gym. Dang. I think I maybe maybe played there like once. We kind of played all over the place because I played for Desert Vista and then um, Chandler. So, but that's yeah. just so funny. I don't know why I thought you were older. Yeah, we probably crossed paths at Chandler because I was there for a semester uh, when I so I transferred out of Gilbert my junior year and I uh -huh. went to Chandler, um, and when I got there, they were like, "Okay, yeah, you could play." And as we got closer to the time, they're like, "Oh no, you got to sit." So then I ended mm. up leaving at Christmas because I'm like, "I'm not gonna sit out my junior year." Christmas of 2012. Um, 2011. Oh, see, no, we. Yeah, so I, I was there because I yeah. got there like February of 2011. Whoa, we really probably did. I yeah, got there probably. February of 2011. So I was there when it was like AJ Warren. Yes. Keys, yes. Holmes. I was there with him. Um, who else was there? Kizma Jagney was there. Fun fact about the last person you just said, he's the father of my youngest child. Oh, so, wow. This is <laughs> crazy. Small Literally small world. small world. So <laughs> fun. Anyways, so continue uh, after high school. Um, yeah. So after high school, um, Bounce around to a couple different JUCOs out in California. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there, I played at Life Pacific University. I was there for three years. Okay. Um, great experience. A lot, of, a lot of trial and tribulation, but I'm thankful for it because had I stayed home and played basketball, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have become the man that I am today. So it was right. one of those things of like what was more important and looking mm -hmm. back, like it was more important for me to go to a small school like Leading Edge. Academy, right. A charter school, but super um focused on grades and helping kids get to college and, mm. and you know learn all those things so shout out to to miss gray i'm sure she's going to listen to this later good um and and coach gray too because they were super helpful in my development at that time while i was at leading edge so good um so yeah so they kind of set the along with many other people but high school wise they kind of set that foundation mm -hmm. um for me going into college like why thought, your education is important. Yeah. Cause I just kind of thought, you know, Hey, you show up to college on the first day and you get your classes. Like I didn't know you had to apply and you had to do FAFSA and you had to yep. write letters and you had to get accepted mm -hmm. and all that stuff. I thought it was, you know, you just go. Yeah. yeah. Just go Cause you, nobody ever play. talks about that. Like literally like all the movies, they never do any of that. They're just like, Oh, I got a full scholarship. It's like, Oh yeah. Okay. They, <laughs> but they don't tell you the other side. Right. You know, tuition, housing. Yep. Um, yep. You know, gr different grants that you can get and stuff like mm -hmm. that. But I got that from, from Leading Edge, which I'm Which is good. For. Yeah. Cause so. I, I definitely feel like a lot of students don't know that. Like I'm talking to my brother about that where I'm like, you, he's about to be a senior. So I'm like, you got to start applying. You got to start, you got to start doing things because why do they want you to even come to, you know, this school? Like, who are you? So I'm actually, so now after graduating, I got my degree in, in human development and psychology. Yes. Um, and then looking back, so I don't have a lot of student loans. I only mm. took out about 25000 Oh, that's not um, And that was just for me to live off of, right? Because mm. I didn't want to work while I'm playing basketball. Like, I just didn't want to yeah. do all that. So um, I took out 25000 but now I'm seeing, like, now that I'm in the financial industry, I'm like, yeah. 
a lot of these kids are getting screwed because a lot of these schools are set up as a business. Like Mm -hmm. education is not the focus anymore. Yeah. It's, you know, when you transfer to another school, it's like, well, why am I retaking the same classes? Mm -hmm. Well, because in the description of the class, there may be one or two words that are different Mm. from the, from the college you came from. And so because of that, now they don't accept that class. They don't transfer that class in. Yeah. So now you retake that class and it's, you know, $1,200, $1,500, whatever the case it may be. Yeah. So a lot of these schools out here, I'm starting to push kids more towards trade school. And oh, yeah. Business, yeah. You know, because, uh, you know, hypothetically, you could be a kid in high school today and you could do something like EVIT. Yeah. You know, when, when I was in high school, we thought Evit, we were like, we looked at them like they were nerds. Yep. Yep. But, I thought the same, like, like oh, you yeah. want to be a nurse? You fucking loser. Yeah, exactly. So, but <laughs> you're now, taking more classes. Yes. Yeah. So, but now that I'm, you know, 26, I'm married, I have a house. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm seeing wages are not following. Yeah. But the kids who went to Evit, yep. you know, they're certified in a trade and they can start their own business. Yep. So, like, if I could go back and do it all over again, because oh, I, took, yeah. I took college classes while I was in high school. So, mm. I did have that advantage, um, but I would have gone to something like Evit. Yeah. And then, so I would have been certified in a trade. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have graduated. I graduated early at 17. Yeah. Um, and then I could have entered the world with a trade and, you know, 20 something college credits and yeah. start my own business and still be able to hoop and while I'm hooping, you know, be making money on the side because I have my own yeah. business. So there's a lot of things that I would do differently. Um, I don't regret anything, but yeah. I try to, you know, the kids that I work with now, I try to make it known like, hey, this is not the end all be all. Yep. Like you have many different options mm-hmm. and there's many different things that you can do. Oh yeah. And it's not even necessarily about a degree, but it's more so about education. Yeah. You know, cause I just left teaching probably two months ago. Yeah. So I've been working in foster care and I've been working in group homes and, and I've been teaching for the last three years since I came home. Ooh, Lord. And so you do, you do a lot. Yeah. So yeah. before we get into that, so because we talked prior to this and I just wanted to touch on your experience in college too. Yeah. So what, because like, as we've said, Elijah is, is Instagram is the GoFundMe killer. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to the financial literacy part. But what I just find really interesting about your story is like, you didn't set out to be like what you're doing now to get into the financial industry, right? You set out to, to be a teacher. Yeah. I actually wanted to be a teacher. And a lot of that was because I had uh, a few teachers in my life that were Mm -hmm. like, Hey, like, you know, you could be good at this or you could be good at that. Like, you know, and also right. the giving back factor. Like I yeah. had a lot of people give to me or, or sacrifice for me to be where I'm at today. So right. like in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, well, it's only right that I go back and I do the same thing exactly. for the community. Um, what was your, what was your question? So, college, so sorry. yeah, no, how was your experience in college and like, how did you, cause we, we talked about it too, like, like how we started in the beginning of the show that it's important that people of color are yeah are educated and especially in the financial um, world. And I think when we talked, you brought up the fact that you went to like a predominantly white institution and that really just opened your eyes to how much our community lacks. Yeah. So it was, so it was a small school. And when I say PWI, I mean, in terms of who they catered to. Yeah. So the structure and the culture was very, very white, Republican, conservative, mm. Trump supporting. You know what I mean? Mm. So, and they'll deny it to this day. But, right. But you, you, but you, you know, if you know, if you, you know, you know. You know yeah. what I mean? So, um, so with that, so my first year I was just, 
I just kind of flew under the radar. I was like, I'm just here to hoop. Like, I don't care about anything. I'm here to get my degree and, and do what I can to get out of here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, um, but right away, I mean, day one, racism on campus. Like, you know, the, the, student, the black and brown student population was probably roughly, you know, 50 to 60 to 70 percent. Mm-hmm. But everything that was put in place catered to those white students. Yeah. Um, and so my first year, like I said, I flew under the radar. And then at the end of my first year, um, there was a, a there was a group of students, um, black and brown students who came together and they started uh, multi the multicultural student union. Nice at that time, right? So they approached me and they were just kind of like, "Hey, what are your thoughts about the school?" And immediately, I remember it like it was yesterday. Immediately, I started laughing. I was like, "You don't want to know what I think about <laughs> school, like, yeah?" Because if you want me to be honest, like we're gonna get into trouble. Yeah, like, if I'm gonna be honest, like yeah. So we had that conversation um, and it led to me jumping on with MSU at that time is what it was called. Mm. Um, and so basically we had a whole um, we had a whole list of of essentially mm. demands or things that we wanted to see change. Yeah. Um, from scholarships to um, to staff and faculty, you know, hiring more people of, of, of color of color. Um, and there were there were a few different things, you know, just structural things, foundational yeah. things that needed to be put in place in order for the black and brown students to actually thrive. Yeah. You know, when everything was written from the white male perspective, it's like, how can we and it's a Christian school. Yeah. Quote unquote Christian. Right. School, right. It's a Bible. It was a Bible college transitioning mm. into opening up more programs for right. students. So it's like, how can we go preach the news of the gospel or of Jesus mm. when it's. It's distorted. It's a, right. it's a distorted view. Right. It's a, a distorted perspective. Right. Makes sense. Like, yeah. I used it's to. It's only like one side of it. Right. So that was one of our biggest things is like, hey, like there needs to be some real change around here. And so I would compare myself like and I say this humbly, like that was my Colin Kaepernick experience. Yeah. Like literally like so much so to the point where they threatened to arrest a group of us. For wanting for, to do a demonstration or a protest, which like is a just peaceful crazy. Um, but yeah, so that really set the foundation for when I came home of understanding how business operates. Because I wasn't yeah. looking at it like this is a this is an educational found, uh, uh, foundation. This is right. a business. Yep. And this is how corporate is going to be. So I was able to take that. Uh, take that ex- those experiences mm-hmm. and then say, okay, how can I position not only myself, but those around me? How can I put them in places to where they're going to be able to thrive right. or how and can elevate. I create that environment to right. where they can thrive? How can I go in essentially be the embodiment of, you know, what would Jesus do? Okay. Well, right. He was willing to sacrifice himself for the betterment of other people. Mm-hmm. So I kind of took that approach while I was on campus. Mm-hmm. It was like, Hey, like, I'm white passing, you know what I yeah. mean? So, and I recognize that yeah. even though they see me as black, like I'm still white passing. So it was like this weird dynamic of me being able to go and sit in front of the president, mm-hmm. you know, on multiple occasions and have meetings yeah. you know, with the president of the institution or the board or the council at council or whatever. Um, and then them listen to me, but not listen to my, you know, your, your call, your peers. Yeah, my peers. Yeah. And I think that's important too, is like when we, talk about like uh leveraging your privilege it's like like you said like you're racially ambiguous you're white passing so it's like you're getting in front of the people um 
that'll listen because they deem you as like non-threatening or they, you know what I mean? And, but you're taking that information back or you're using that privilege to get our message out and say like, this is wrong. This needs to Mm -hmm. be changed. You know what I mean? So I, I just like, I think that's just super important. Like everything that goes on in the world when people are like, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to be an ally? It's like, you know, things like that. So, um, continue. Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. So, but yeah, that kind of set the foundation in terms of like, when I finally got into the financial industry, it was mm-hmm. like, okay, like this is the Trojan horse moment. Like yeah. Everybody get, you know, I don't even remember what was that Greek or Roman mythology. Or Something whatever, like that. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I have a right. school. Though, you know what I mean? but, um, so that was kind of like my mentality of it is like, I know I'm going to be able to get into these spaces. I know that these certain types of individuals are going to, trust me because mm-hmm. they don't see me as black. Yeah. So they're going to share different information. They're going to share different things that I know is going to be helpful for my community. Yeah. So it's important that I go and, and essentially pave that road and, and do that work, mm-hmm. get that game. So then I can think that I can then uh, bring it back to spaces like the bitch, you better podcast. Exactly. You know yes. I mean? Or, you know, I was yesterday I was just at uh, central park. Yes. And I'm looking to do things with grant park and shout out to Rolando rhymes. Right. So, um, it's really just, you know, like a, a full circle moment. Right, right. Because so you came back, you got your degree, you came back. And like I, like I said, like you didn't jump right into the financial world. You went, you went and was a teacher. But you've yeah. always loved numbers because you said you wanted to be a math teacher, right? Yeah, I did want to be a math teacher for a long time. And then it's I was crazy. just kind of like, well. I hate math. It didn't. Hate it. <laughs> so I actually would have got my I would have got my business degree at Life Pacific University, mm. um, but I at the time the professor he was he was wilding like really? the requirements I was like I'm not going to do that yeah so I I ended up getting my degree in human development and psychology um, but yeah so when I came home um, I was doing my teaching hours my counseling hours mm. um, I was coaching basketball from there I went into uh, the group home and foster care yeah um, different organizations and then I ended up back. Uh, in school as a teacher, uh, first a PE teacher, doing some assistant teaching. Jeez. Um, and then from there, special education. From there, uh, sixth grade math and science. Oh, my gosh. And you're 26. That's 26, the part yeah. that, like, that's why I thought you were older than me. Because you, like, we talked, obviously, before this. And I just, like, I'm like, okay, he's got his degree. He's done this. He's done this. He's done this. Like, he's got to yeah. be, like, so, 32, no, <laughs> 34. No. no, but in the midst of all that, like, I started, uh, I got my um, license, my health license right. in November of 2019. And it was because at that group home that I was working at, mm-hmm. um, they didn't have any benefits. Oh, so shit. I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna figure it out. Right. So like everybody, again, same kind of concept. Like everybody can have something instead of nothing. Right. Um, and so I, I started with Affleck, um, mm. and I didn't stay. Cause, yeah. Because that what they do essentially, and maybe it was just my office that I was in, is they get everybody to get licensed, and then they send you out, and then the supervisor comes in, and then mm. they offer like they're the broker. So they offer the actual healthcare and that's where the actual money is. Mm. So they want you to do all the little groundwork, run around to oh. meet with all these different businesses. Your supervisor then comes in and offers a different healthcare uh, package for them. And then whether they sign with Aflac or not, is not a big deal because okay. the broker or your supervisor got their deal. Oh, geez. So I was only there for like two or three months. I was like, all right, yeah, I'm I already keep game. Like I'm out. Like, yeah. I'm good. Um, 
And then, so that was 2019. And then 2020 happened. So yeah. We all know COVID. <laughs> we're, <laughs> right. very, we're very familiar. Yes. Right? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, but right. in the midst of, of 2020, um, I proposed to my now wife in January. Which she is so sweet. Love yeah, her. Gotta, she is beautiful. Oh my God. Yes. Cause uh, she talked about how she started her podcast and she's, y'all are just so cute. Love it. Love it. Love it. Shout out you. to her. So we got um, engaged in January. Uh, we bought a house in, I want to say March or April, right before everything went crazy. Oh geez. Right is, before the shutdown. Yeah. 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 Um, and then we got married in May and we moved into our house in i want to say end of august start of july dang y'all yeah. were yeah y'all were not playing yeah. like i love you you love me house let's go well, let's we go ha- we had already been together for 2 years two and a half years Aww. so well no don't quote me <laughs> please don't kill me babe I love right. you. Um, so we got to well we started talking she would yeah. say we started talking um in the summer of 2017 okay so we had already been together. Yeah, for, for a, a minute. Yeah. Um, and then so kind of once we moved into the house, we were kind of getting settled. Like mm-hmm. we were looking, I was looking at what she made. I was looking at what I made. And I was like, and then once kind of like that honeymoon stage, of yeah. like all the newness kind of like died down a little bit. Right. Um, I was just in a position to where I was like, I need to figure this out because there's right. no way with what we make like we're going to be able to survive and put away for retirement and think about the future and have right. kids and and build something. Do you think also just like the pandemic really made you think about that? Not to like make like you were scared or anything, yeah. but I mean, it was alarming how yeah. people were dying in China and then it spread here. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wasn't I wasn't worried about dying. I just saw the way that my employers at the time were moving. Yes. I was like, I can't trust you. Yeah, something's fishy. Like, I, I can't trust you because you'll let somebody come to work with COVID because you don't want for them to take time Sick off. Sick time off. Yep. Um, ding, but then ding, also ding, ding. People, getting, like, people getting fired because of COVID. Yeah. So I was just looking at that situation um, like... Yo, I need to figure it out. Right. Because even in that situation, right, we bought our house. We got a fantastic deal. Yeah. We we got our house for $500. Like $500 down payment, brand new house. So. What? Yeah. (laughs) I'm looking at Charles like $500. We can go buy. Damn. So so in Santan Valley, right, we're basically in the middle of like farm town, USA. You live in Santan. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. But but there was like, there was like a weird overlap to where it was like, um, Santan city limit, but Florence planning zone. So there's like this small mm. gray area where they were offering USDA loans, mm. um, which meant basically it's for like low income families, right. low, low income individuals. And basically what they did was they work a deal out with you to where you pay that $500 and they pay for everything else, the closing right. cost, um, you know, earnest deposit, like Jeez. all that stuff. I will say, not that I've been like a creep or anything, but your house is beautiful. Okay. Not that I've like, I've been there, but like, you know. No, like the you. Instagram, <laughs> it's a beautiful yeah, yeah. house. So for five hundred dollars down, it is a beautiful, beautiful yeah. house. It is not a shack on Thank the edge you. of town. Yeah, no, it's it's a great it's a great starter home. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just under seventeen hundred square feet, three bedroom, two bath, huge backyard. You know, the dogs get to run around and stuff like See? that. So perfect. Um, but yeah, but at that time, you know, going back to to kind of where my mindset was, yeah, um, I was just like, I need to figure it out. Like we, I cannot depend on a job to pay me what I know I'm worth right? in order to pay the bills, you know, support my wife. You know, mm-hmm. if I want my wife to stay home, like 
I need to go out and I need to make that happen. Right. And so I started looking into different financial institutions, financial advisors, financial planners. Mm -hmm. And what I kept running into was an issue of money. Right. Like they want 25,000 upfront, 50,000 upfront, like, and the consultations, like the consultations were free, right? but in order to get any more information, like you needed to come with a whole bag of money. Which is just insanity. It's like, I'm telling you, I don't, I don't have any money. Right. Like I just, <laughs> I just explained to you my situation. Like I just came home, you know, I bought a house, like, yeah, I don't there's have money. nothing. Like, I have five cents. In. Right. Like, can you, can you just help me? Right. <laughs> Trying to so, make a dollar out of 15 cents. Exactly. Help me. Exactly. Help me. <laughs> um, and so what happened was at the school that we were at, um, my wife became friends with the student services manager. Shout out to Janelle. Mm-hmm. And Janelle's husband, Josh, shout out to Josh, mm-hmm. um, was working with World Financial Group. So he had just got licensed as a financial professional. Nice. And um, so I don't remember exactly like detail for detail what exactly transpired, but I remember a meeting that I had set up with a financial mm-hmm. advisor. He had canceled on me last minute. Mm-hmm. So then that's when um, Janelle was like, hey, just go, just go over to the house, sit down with my husband. So I took that afternoon, I went to their house, I mm-hmm. sat down with Josh in his office, and he like literally broke down the game completely for me. Jeez. Coolest, coolest white dude I've ever met in my life. <laughs> I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta say that. Yeah. He, he's a white dude, right? <laughs> but like dopest dude ever. So, and he was, and so after that meeting, like I stayed there for maybe like two hours and we were talking Jeez. about everything. Right, right. Because it was important for you to like not only have like, life insurance but like you said like you wanted to plan for retirement you wanted to plan for future children you wanted to like really have a financial plan for all of these next big steps that you have yeah yeah and and so at the end of it all I was just kind of like okay so what are the next steps right what do I do he was just like well I'm not gonna do it for you you're gonna do it damn and so two weeks later I got my financial professional license um, oh. And then I was off and running. See, and I just think that's so funny because it's like you went there not looking to not looking for a job. Obviously, you had your career, your profession, the things that you were doing. And then you're just like, no, this is this is the avenue I want to take. Like this information is well, a yeah, necessity. Because, yeah, because everything that was presented is like, OK, I, I want that. Yeah, but I don't just want it for me. Like I want it for or everybody. everybody. Also, at the same yeah. time, like it was less it was about me. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But at the same time, it was still less about me. Because I knew how many people needed the information. Yes. Not just my family. Yep. And that's why I think it's important. That's why I really wanted to, before we got to this point, is to hear your backstory. Because like we said, like your whole thing was, I want everybody around me to thrive. And it's like you're telling the story of, you know, high school and college and everything that you went through. It's like you always were making that effort, uh, to make sure that your community is, is set, that you're, that's just who you are as a person. So I just, I just feel like that's really great. So just shout out to you. I just, Thanks. I just love that mentality. Cause we, it's, it, we don't get a lot of people that are like that. Like you said, like when you were meeting these financial advisors, it's like, I have the information and I'm, I'm just going to yeah. keep it for me when it's like, this is why our communities don't thrive. Or these are why our communities have so many issues because we don't have people like yourself that get that information that get that knowledge and want to share it without you know right charging an arm and a leg right to get you so and so the cool thing about world financial group um was i'm thankful for what it taught me but then i also had the freedom to like expand 
in right. my knowledge in my business, right? So like what I did was I, while I was working with World Financial Group, um, I went and I worked for uh, Heartland, which is a business solutions or I say business consulting yeah. company. Um, and so I was able to kind of pair both of those things together. So I had like the personal side, the personal financial stuff, uh, but then I could also be sitting down with businesses and business owners mm. to get an idea of like, okay, when I run my business, like, what is it, the things that I need to be on the lookout for? Mm. How can I put the, how can I put all the puzzle pieces together? Essentially. Jeez, you stay busy. Yeah. Like you are busy, busy. Yeah. Like Jesus. Okay. So <laughs> go ahead. No, no, you go. Keep going. Uh, but yeah, so then from Heartland, that's when I linked up with Arrive Financial. Mm -hmm. um, so I ended up leaving World Financial Group. Um, and I started, I started with, um, arrive <laughs> financial in, I want to say June of 2021. So I'm coming up on a year. Yeah. Um, but the dope thing about that was I was able to offer so many more services. Yeah. So instead of like with world financial group, like the primary focus was life insurance as right. the foundation. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, we could do 401ks and we could do, you know, business insurance and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but my focus was more on like family Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like adding more services for families. So mm -hmm. when I got to arrive and they showed me, Hey, you can do life insurance. You could do, um, you could do retirement planning. You can yeah. do 401k rollovers. You can do tax strategies. You can do Jeez. estate planning. Um, and at that time, I don't know if I'm pretty sure they were already in talks with rocket mortgage. Oh, um, sheesh. A partnership with rocket mortgage. So then mercy. pretty soon, um, once I take my test, like I'll be able to offer mortgages. So refinances, Oh, damn. Mortgages for families. And then from there, I kind of was led into the credit repair and credit building space. So you are just so, like a one stop shop, like literally like you can, yeah. I can refinance your house. I can not also, yet. not yet, not but, yet, soon, but, but soon. soon, soon I'll be able yes. to refinance your house and we'll get you a life insurance policy and I can fix your credit so we can refinance the loan at the same time. Exactly. Is that why they call you the GoFundMe killer? So I've been I, wanting to ask that the whole time. Why yeah, do they no, call you so, GoFundMe killer? So I actually, I came up with that name myself. Um, Love it. And it was Love because it. one, like I need a brand, right? I yeah. need to be able to market and advertise like from a, from a business standpoint. Yeah. But from a personal standpoint is like, I see too many people dying and passing away. Yeah. And the first thing that the family does is resort to GoFundMe. Yeah. You know, so it's to me, and this may sound a little harsh, but to use a go for that individual to have the mindset of, um, you know, I can't take it with me when I'm gone Yes, and not think about the future. To me, that's a selfish mentality. Yeah. Right. Because I know when I die, my wife is going to get a $750,000 check. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like she's straight. She's good. Yep. You know what I mean? So for somebody's family to have to resort to GoFundMe because you passed away and you didn't want to put, let's say hypothetically $50 a month you know, away. to the side. Yeah. For your family's future, like that's a selfish mentality. Exactly. So, and I think when we talk to, it's like people get so, uh, like, how do I explain this? Like, I don't want to talk about it. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. that's such, it's such a morbid yeah. conversation, but it's like, but it's, you, it's we can't, reality. we can't, exactly. It's a reality. And you cannot wait until you're 50 years old to start it because, yeah. unfortunately, you could tomorrow right. is never promised you know and i think that's yeah. funny too is that people will post that all day like thank god for another 24 but you don't have anything what right. happens if th today is the last day you don't so have anything can away I use, can i use you as yeah. an example yes go ahead so <laughs> for the audience right so if jazz god forbid passed away right mm -hmm. and she had no life insurance that's not fair to jazz's family 
Right. And the reason being is, yes, they love, um, you know, her two children, her two boys, but to have to take them in and take care of them and raise them, mm-hmm. that's not fair to her parents. That's not fair to her family. Right. Exactly. So it's. It's important that Jazz has a life insurance policy, which when we talked, she does, which I'm so thankful yes. for. I do need to review it, though. Yeah, you do, because sure I'm pretty sure but, it could be way better. Yeah, <laughs> like so, when I talked to Beck about it, I, she was like, girl, no. Yeah, I was like, dang. Yeah. So, but but I'm saying that to say, like, it's it's very important for if you have a family, if you have loved ones, if you have, you know, somebody that you care about, it's important that you have a policy, yeah, right? You know, and I'll even use myself as an example. Had I passed away when we got the house, now my wife is in a messed up position because we got that house on a combined income, mm-hmm. right? So now if I pass away, there's no life insurance money. How does she pay for the house? Yep. And if she can't now go, she goes into bankruptcy or she goes into foreclosure and neither one of those look good on a credit report. Mm-hmm. So what kind and of they position? And don't, they don't give a damn that your husband died. Right. I don't so, give, I don't care. That has nothing to do with me. That, exactly they are you gonna make the payment or not right if not okay i'm gonna come take the house right sorry for your loss but right so give a push in. um so yeah so saying all that to say like the gofundme killer was really you know i see too many car washes i see too yep. many people on t-shirts i see too many again gofundme it's like i'll mm. probably see maybe five a month and and you know what's so crazy know. is like like I said, like I sent you that that article about somebody but i saw i don't know if you guys know jay versace yeah yeah that he had he had to start a gofundme for his mother jay Mm -hmm. versace and i'm just like holy shit well even the rapper that got killed not too long ago little keyed that one um, i don't know there's been so many that's fast but even but even for him like his mom couldn't pay for the funeral expenses so like who again like who's advising them yeah and and actually i won't even i don't even want to say advising because there's in my opinion, there's two different forms of, of the financial space. You have financial advisors, you have financial mm-hmm. planners. Advising is more of, I'm going to tell you what to do and you're going to do it. Right. Versus what I do, it's planning. It's a collaborative mm-hmm. process. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. hey, these are, based on what it is that you have or what you don't have, these are all the options that are afforded to you. I'm going to give you my professional opinion. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like, it's whatever you decide to do. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, what what's that saying you could take a horse to water but you can't make a drink that's you right okay right (laughs) so what all do you when you say like financial planning because it's not just like life insurance and 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 it's crazy because when we talk there's so many avenues and so much money that can come from life insurance because i just thought it was like you can cover the cost for burial but then like you said like this money can be used to pay the mortgage to do this, you know? So what, when you say planning, like what all do you set out for your clients? So one aspect of it is life insurance. Mm -hmm. So how old is your youngest? He's three. He's three. Oh Mm -hmm. man. I'll make him a millionaire. Yes. Cause yeah, that would be great. So, (laughs) so looking at kind of like the notes that I have right here. Right. So if you starting at age five, Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, the sooner, the better, right? But right. if you start at age five, let's say you do $150 a month, mm-hmm. as long as the, whatever market or index that you tie your life insurance policy to, mm-hmm. right? Cause there's, there's two sides to a life insurance policy. Yeah. You obviously have the life insurance side of it, but then you also have the cash value, which is right. essentially like a savings account on steroids. Okay. Right? Because you're tying it 
keyword tie that you're not putting your money in the stock market, but you're tying it to the market. Okay. So if the market does 10%, you get credited 10% on your money that you have in that policy. Jeez. Right. So, um, and I'll come back to that, but yeah. <laughs> but, um, so starting at age five, right. Yeah. You do $150 a month at a 5% average when he's 65, mm. he'll have $795,000 in cash Just, that, he, that he has access to. Geez. And then if you pair that with a $250,000 life insurance policy, mm-hmm. um, God forbid he passes away at 65, he's passing a million and $4,500,000 tax-free to Jeez. his kids or his grandkids or whoever he chooses as his Lord. beneficiary. See, look, Charles over there like, mm, mm, mm. So, but, but I want people to think about this, right? $150 a month. Yeah. We work 20, 20 days, right? Yeah. There's four weeks times five, 20 days. So you're dedicating one day, one day mm-hmm. out of the month to pay for a life insurance policy. Yeah, that's so now. Bad. So now let's do some math, right? This is my favorite part. Math, Ugh, the math yes. teacher in me. Oh my right? gosh. So we're getting one, a math lesson, Charles. So one, <laughs> so one day a month pays for your policy, mm-hmm. right? Times 12 for a year, mm-hmm. right? So 12 payments right, mm-hmm. in a year times 60. So it only 60 years. Okay. Right? So times 60 years. So it only takes 720 days. Yeah. To make your son a millionaire. Jesus. That's nothing. So when that's you think about it, that's like crazy. You, you divide that by 365, mm-hmm. right? It under two years to make See. a millionaire. Why didn't my parents do this for me? Because God <laughs> damn. <laughs> yeah. right? So life insurance is one huge key aspect. And yeah. it, it sets the foundation. And then we get into retirement. You know, mm-hmm. do you need a tax deduction now? Mm-hmm. Do you need a tax deduction later? Right. And both a life insurance policy and a retirement account, depending mm-hmm. on how you structure it, you could both you could turn both of those into a pension that pays you out for the rest of your life. Jeez. And whatever's left over then goes to your beneficiary. Right. See. So you have so you can use life insurance. You can use a retirement plan. Mm-hmm. Um, tax strategies. Right. We show you how to based on the income that you have, how to if we can lower your, your taxable income, Mm. right? So you're putting money to the side in your retirement so that you can then go back and access it later at a later time down the the road. Right. Right. So we do the paycheck analysis, right? Mm -hmm. And we see, okay, this is how much you're paying in taxes. Well, if we just reposition this over here or over there, Mm -hmm. now you're paying less in taxes and you have more money set off to the side for you. See, I think the, the problem with people is, is they just, they want it now. Like, I want to be a millionaire oh, don't, now. Don't get me started on Which that. is like, I get it. Because, yeah, I'm sitting here like, damn, my son's going to be a millionaire, but I'm not. But 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 it's like, it's generational wealth, and it's making sure my kids are continuously, not only my kids, but, you know, you're talking about when he's 65, I'll be long gone. Mm-hmm. But it's lineage. Right. Because I want my kids' kids to be taken care of. I want yeah. there to always be like, look... You might not know me when we might have never met physically, but I, I did this to make sure you are forever fine. And and thank God I did it because look how easier my life is because of my great, great, great grandmother. And then even with (laughs) that, like the estate planning process, that's another thing that we do, right? Mm -hmm. It's so key because essentially what the estate planning process entails is you get a trust, right? A trust is basically a legal safe, legal documentation um, that's going to keep everything that you own, all of your assets, everything you've acquired over the years mm. safe from creditors, from predators, anybody who wants to come steal what it is that you have. Right. 
Um, but then with that, you also have a last will and testament. You have a living will guardianship designation, which is huge. If you yes. have kids, you need to get an estate plan. It's only $1,700 one-time fee. Right. So bad. If you go to, I'm going to segue out and come right back in. Yeah. But if you go to an attorney, right, most attorneys don't fund the estate plan, which means mm. helping you put all of your assets in the name of the trust. So what we see is these estate plans that have been set up, mm -hmm. but they've never been funded. So now when that person passes away, everything that they own still goes to probate court. Ugh. So if you have Ugh. over $50,000 in assets, right, you don't necessarily get a say in what happens to your kids or your mm -hmm. car or your house or yep. whatever it is that you own, Yep. right? So now bringing it you know, back in, um, you also have financial and medical power of attorney. Yes. So, so that is super key because let's say you have a life insurance policy, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to tie these two together. Right? Yeah. Life insurance and estate plan. The life insurance policies that, that we put together for you have living benefits. Mm -hmm. So coma, cancer, stroke, paralysis, traumatic brain injury, major, major organ transplant. Mm -hmm. There's probably like another seven that yeah. I can't think of off the top of my head right now. But let's say something happens and you go into a coma. Who has Sorry. the right to speak on your behalf yeah. about what happens to you? Yeah. Who has and the that's, right to speak on your finances? When we talked about that, I literally, like, I, my mom was there. Uh, she was kind of bouncing around. And I was just like, holy shit. Like, yeah. she's she's my beneficiary. But I didn't even think of who was supposed to make these medical decisions. So, like, yeah. it, there's things that you do not think about, but that are super, super important. Because, like, you, like tomorrow's never promised. You never know what is going to happen. But you need right. somebody that's going to make these decisions for you. Because if you don't, if you don't have somebody yeah. that's going to make it. The, the doctor the or doctor. the government will. And being people of color, we already know right. the hospital system, what their choices are probably going to be, probably not going to be in our best interest. Right. So you need to have somebody that's looking out for you. And you have it all documented because, you know, my mom talks about we need to put each other on our our bank accounts and stuff yeah, in case. No, a thousand, a thousand percent. A <laughs> but thousand I'm also percent. just like, dang, I need, you know, somebody to make these medical decisions for me. But sorry, right. continue. But but all of the things that I do. Right. The issue is our culture is sold on perception. Yes. We're sold on what we see rather than what we hear. Right. Yep. So everything that I'm saying is all boring. Right. The yeah. way that I looked at Evit kids is the way that people look at me now. Yeah. So I understand. Right. I mean, I, yeah, you, so. you say a lot of numbers. So I'm sitting here like, <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs> you know, so. like the rain man with the, the yeah. that's yeah. like me. I'm trying to keep I'm up. Uh, I'm a, uh, <laughs> what I forget what movie that was. Um, it might've been, um, Baby Carlos, what's that movie? Oh, uh, Hangover. Yeah, Hangover. Yeah, 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 yeah. When he's, when he's at the table, yeah. Yeah, with yeah. all the numbers, that's exactly, that's Rain Man. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> uh, I'm keeping up. I'm just, so yeah. <laughs> but but everything that I do, right, is, it, again, it's, it's not sexy. Wealth no. is not sexy. No. Right? Get rich quick. Oh, yeah, I can do that. I can jump into Forex. I can jump into crypto. I can jump into NFTs, right? But yeah. there's a lot of scammers out there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like a lot of dudes are scamming because you got to think they're charging three, three fifty a month for you to enroll in their program. Mm -hmm. And they're labeling themselves as financial experts. They're not yeah. licensed in anything. Right. And not, and not to knock. They it. went to an Airbnb and had a seminar. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and listen, I'm not knocking that industry, like whether it's Forex, crypto, NFTs, because you can't make money in it. Yeah. Right. But 
I personally don't mm-hmm. have anybody that I know that I can trust to lead me down that path. Right. There are some good people um, that I see from time to time. I think Johnny Bernal, um, I don't know him personally, but I know, uh, I forget, he's a trainer. I, I have him on, on Instagram. Mm. So when I saw him get on mm. to the Forex stuff, I was like, okay, that's somebody that if I ever wanted to to go into that space. I would go and talk to him. I would go and talk to him yeah. because I know he's a good dude based off what my sister has said about him. Yeah. Based off... Um, you know, seeing that he has a young daughter, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So I'm like, okay, so he's living for something more than just money. Right. Makes sense. You know what I mean? So yeah. I try, I tend to look when I'm going to partner with somebody or I'm going to do something with somebody mm-hmm. business wise, like I need to know who you are and what you stand on. Yeah. A lot of these dudes or, or females that are in the Forex crypto NFT space, even the credit repair space, mm-hmm. like they're not, they're not stand up people you know solid people they're there to get the bag and then move on to the next thing exactly you know what yep. i mean yep so and again not hating there's some good people that are in that space i just personally have not found same i solid people i can't you're literally the first like financial literacy aside from my brother i will say because he's got his he's got a he's got two degrees one in fight i think finance and one in I'm sorry, Cameron, I can't remember, but I know he's a dual. He's got two degrees. He's getting his master's right now. So I talked to him about finances, but not longevity. He's, he's more of a stocks trade cryptocurrency kind of guy. Like he's, he's smart, but I just like, I can't, I can't keep up. I mean, stocks is a little bit different. I mean, if he's doing options, options are a great way Mm. to, um, to make a lot of money. I'll have to get you guys together because you, 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 you two are. Yeah, co- co- but but it's copacetic. also but people got to understand like when you do the stocks and the trading and you the crypto and like that's also a full time job. So if you're not going to oh, dedicate yeah. yourself to it, yep. That's why I started options. I started doing option trading because of Randy Coulter, right? Another mm. person that was trusted and verified, mm-hmm. right? I saw the way that he was moving. Saw you know he had right. a family stuff like that. So I got into to stock options and stock trading because of him, mm. right? But when I got into it, I saw how much work it was. And I was like, yeah, I, I, I can't dedicate myself. I'm not dedicated to the same level that he is. Mm-hmm. But now fast forward a year, maybe two years later. Mm. I mean, he's trading full time Jeez. and making money. You know what I mean? <sighs> so it's like, what is your dedication level to? Yeah. It? You know, for me with the crypto space and stuff like that, it's still in the early stages. Right? Yeah. Insurance has been around for 200 years. Mm-hmm. So I feel more comfortable in insurance and in real estate than I do crypto makes and NFTs and, and things like that okay that makes sense so your passion with numbers money all of it so you do like we said we said you do estate planning do IRAs you do you do it all yeah um and and right now you have a campaign to help say it wrong 50 families yeah 50 families. oh okay i think yeah. i said 100 families on our call but 50 families and um what is that goal what 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 is what is that like you start mm-hmm. just so it's essentially peace. so i meet with <laughs> i meet with a lot of people right yeah and, and in this business it's just a timing thing right mm-hmm. it may not be the right time for that individual they may not be receiving the information how they mm-hmm. should at that time mm-hmm. but if they ever get to that point they know where to find me right so i've had people who I've had conversations with for one day and they, you know, they, they sit down with me and we put a plan together the next day. Nice. I have, you know, friends who, you know, I talked to the, talk to them about it three years ago when I first got into the industry mm-hmm. and we're still having the same conversation, mm. you know? So I think for everybody, it's really just, when do they have that epiphany moment of, Oh shit. Like 
why am I the only 40 year old in the club right now? And I'm trying to buy out the bar and I'm over here, you know, a lot right. of people, a lot of people like to, um, they like to quote Nipsey until it's time to be Nipsey. Yep. Facts. And don't nobody steal that. Cause I'm about to trademark that after this, <laughs> um, and put it on a t-shirt. Right. That was cold. So <laughs> like I said, everybody wants to quote Nipsey until it's time to be Nipsey. So we'd rather go, our culture would rather go buy out the bar than buy the block back. You know what I mean? And that's the biggest issue. So we Mike can't drop like so, facts. So we can't sit here and, and, and cry about gentrification and this, that, and the third, but what are you doing? Right. You know what I mean? So, and I'm again, still go out, support black business. You know what yes, I mean? Absolutely, but at the same but... time, it's like, there's gotta be some accountability there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So in terms of who it is that I'm helping, it's those individuals who are at a point where they're, they've had that epiphany moment, mm -hmm. they're conscious and they're ready to make moves and they're ready to, to change some things. So, right. and really it's just sitting down with somebody, assessing their situation, seeing what they have, what they don't have, and then putting a plan together from there. Yeah. You know, because it's going to be different. A, a single person is going to be different than a family. A family is going to be different than a business. Right. You know, so it's really a case by case thing, but thus far I've been able to help 16 families. Which is amazing. Yeah. Um, this then, year, right? Yes, 16 this, this year, year. Just this year. We're only five months into the yeah. year. So that's amazing. And then I'm currently working with, I want to say like six or seven businesses. And then I have another two that I'm going to be starting to work with next month. You, oh my gosh, you are busy. Yeah. Like it is crazy. Like when you, it's so funny. We were talking outside and we we're just like, dang, I, Remember when I had all that energy? It's like, you still do. Yeah, <laughs> I'm over here bit, like, oh, I can't bit. put a guest, guest list together. And you're over here like, I got this, 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 this. So you you stay busy. But what what drives you? What makes you keep going? Um, A couple things. I think early on, like, I would go and I would spend my summers with my grandfather. Rest mm -hmm. in peace to him. Um, and he was a businessman. Mm -hmm. like, he had money. So him like teaching me at an early age, like this, is how you balance a checkbook. Mm -hmm. You know, he would, he would, you know, teach me, Hey, if you're going to buy this, this is how much it costs. Make sure you get the right amount back. Right. He would send me into stores to go buy stuff. Right. You know what I mean? And, and little things like that. Yeah. Little five, six, seven year old kid running up to the counter and, mm -hmm. you know, counting the money out, looking at the register, looking at the person. When I get my change back, I'm counting it in front of right. me. Right. Make sure you, know, you gave me, yeah, you're not scamming like me. So, but then I also <laughs> saw like, he was, he was just a hustler. You know mm. what I mean? And then because he was a hustler, you know, my mom, natural born hustler, mm. you know, my pops was a hustler. So I've always had that mentality, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And, um, but to do things the right way yeah, or the legal way, you know yeah. what I mean? So, um, but then also like growing up in, in, in seeing different things that you shouldn't see you mm -hmm. know, growing up in poverty and stuff like that and not yeah. wanting that for the future. You know, a lot of people in my family, they've, they've been divorced. They've had kids with, with multiple partners, mm -hmm. you know, uh, drug addiction, alcohol mm -hmm. addiction, um, stuff like that. So for me, it was more of, okay, when I, and I made this, made this decision early on at like right. junior high. Like I remember walking, you know, walking to school one day and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to do things different. Yeah. Like I don't because, want this. Because the, the pain and the things that I had to go through, mm -hmm. you know, growing up, I'm like, I don't ever want that for my family. Yeah. You know what I mean? So and that's I think that's, that's super, factor. that's super important because I think a lot of people succumb to their um, circumstances or their environment. And they're just like, well, nobody ever taught me any better. It's like, well, you can teach yourself. Like, you know, you have to go out and yeah. want these things for you and to better yourself, better your community. Yeah. Um, but saying, but in that, like yeah. staying in step with that, like 
now that I'm married and I have a house and everything, like I understand my father more than I ever have. In really? my life. Like I don't agree with, with a lot of the stuff and I love my dad and I don't, but I don't agree with a lot of the stuff that he did. Mm-hmm. Then. Um, but I understand, Yeah, you know, the toll and the stress and the weight that's oh, put yeah. on, on men in the household to provide and do those different things. And so yeah. sometimes it gets to a point where it's just like, well, Hey, look, I, I don't know. I don't got the answers. Right. You know what I mean? So I can see how people do get to that point. But again, you know, the flip side, there's got to be some accountability. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's got to be a drive. There's got to be, you know, to want to be better, to want to do better. Right. I just, what else do you have on your PowerPoint? Because I want to make sure we we hit everything as much as we can. No, just, Our episode I might run got, a little bit long, but. I just got notes. what do you um, think is important because i i mean i know we had a list of questions but mm. um what do you think is most important like what's what message do you want to just convey right now um i would say like as far as well with well i'll touch on financial literacy right yeah so we're not taught financial literacy and it's for a reason we all know we all know what the reason is exactly right um but everything we do know at the same time is a lie yeah you know what I mean? In yeah. terms of financial literacy. Yeah. So an example of this would be um, the banking system, right? Oh, God. Yeah, go ahead. Because so, we talked about this, yeah. and I was just like, so mind the, blown. So there's something called fractional reserve lending. So basically, to sum it up, is if you go and you put $10,000 in your savings account today, right? Mm. The bank is not obligated to hold any of that money in the account. Right. So typically, what they do is they'll lend out about 90%. But they'll lend it out to other consumers. So, like, let's say Jazz goes and she puts ten thousand in the bank today. I come in right after her and say, "Hey, look, I need a car loan. You know, I need mm-hmm. X amount of dollars. They're gonna give me nine thousand dollars of Jazz's My $10, money, right? And they're gonna they're gonna charge me, you know, a twenty four percent interest rate, right? So right. now, for for the listeners, go and look up the rule of seventy two. Oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna get into it because it'll be <laughs> we'll be here another hour just based <laughs> off the rule of seventy two, but the the bank knows that in three years they're going to double their money based on a 24% interest rate, mm-hmm. right? So if a car loan is five years, right, they're damn near doubling their money two times over in that five years at a 24% interest rate, right? So crazy. now with that, so they take the profits mm-hmm. from lending, right? They also invest in stocks and real estate, but the lifeline and the foundation of mm-hmm. the bank itself mm-hmm. is life insurance, Right, 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 right. It's called bank-owned life insurance. So what they do is they take mass amounts of money, millions of dollars, they put it into a life insurance policy. Mm. And because life insurance policy is a tax-free vehicle in which your money can grow, and there's never a loss, there's never a point in time where you're going to lose money in a life insurance policy. Right? The floor (laughs) is zero. Mm -hmm. Right? The cap may be 10%. It may be 15%. Right? Mm -hmm. But they take this money, they put it in a life insurance policy. And let's say they put a million dollars in a life insurance policy for the bank. Well, if the market did 10%, right? That means the bank just made $100,000. Now we know, we know that there are thousands of banks out there. Mm -hmm. Right? So again, we're taught that the bank is the safest place to put your money, but little do you know they're at the same time, they're paying you one cent for every dollar mm-hmm. that you have in your savings account. Meanwhile, they're lending out damn near all your money, making a return on that investment using your money. But yet yeah. we're supposed to trust the bank. So what do you, what's your suggestion? Like, what do we, where do we put our money? 
do what the bank does and, and get with me. We'll map out a plan <laughs> yeah. and we'll start allocating some of your funds to a life insurance policy so that you can reap the benefits of a 10% market increase. You can reap the benefits of having living, living benefits. Period. Right. You can reap the benefits of being able to pass that generational wealth the same, same way that the bank is using your money to do it. And you don't know. And I think it's like when you when you talk numbers and everything, like it may sound complicated, but then you talk about how we can build generational wealth. Because I right. feel like so many people just think, oh, once once I'm able to get like I'm able to get this money, no. then everybody's set. Like it's no. just fast. And it's like, no, it's like a long game, but it's smarter. Yeah. It's smarter and it's actually easier. Yeah. Like way easier than yeah. we make it seem. Because again, like it's going back to the whole idea of get rich quick is sexy. Yeah. Building wealth is not. Yeah. So I know. Because so, you can't sh show it. Right. Right. So for me, <laughs> I know my projected plans for me and my wife mm -hmm. is that in 15, well, at this time it was 15 years. It's we're at the 14 year mark now. So when I'm 40, I know that a, this is aside from everything else that I'm doing. Yeah. This is just talking about my life insurance policy. Mm -hmm. If I fund it and I stay on schedule with the funding. I'm going to have anywhere between a hundred to $150,000 tax free that I could then leverage. So rather than wow. me going to the bank and getting a loan at a 24% interest rate, I'm going to go to my life insurance policy and leverage that. And instead. just to take that money. See, and that's so smart. Cause you can, um, we talked about retirement. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to, excuse me, retire early, you could potentially do oh, that. Yeah. So it's not as complicated as everybody thinks, right? It's really, it normal. only takes 2.5 million to get paid the rest of your life six figures see that's it <laughs> like that's damn it. right it's not bad at all so so think about how many um entertainers and athletes and everything else that mm -hmm. have millions of dollars like they're going to get paid for the rest of their life like a lot mm -hmm. of these lifetime deals that you see with like lebron or steph curry or mm -hmm. Allen iverson like all of that is life insurance mm -hmm. they're they're just dumping millions of dollars into life insurance policies or annuities which is also an insurance product and it's going to pay them out for the rest of their life. See, it's just, like I said, I think it's just like getting the message out there and getting the education out there that people like, it doesn't, you don't have to, like I said, get rid that get rich quick scheme or like when people hear 2.5, it's like, how am I ever going to make that money? And it's like, go to Elijah, go, yeah. we will set out a plan yeah. so we can get there. And, and even if you don't, like yeah. as the individual, Again, stop thinking about yourself. I'm yeah. thinking five generations down the line. My yeah. wife thinks I'm crazy. I love her to death, but she thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> right. Um, so I'm me personally, I'm at the third generation, mm -hmm. but I'm still mapping out and working things out for five. That's and where I, I'm at right now. Amazing. So it's not about, it's not about, um, again, it's not about you can't take it with you when you're gone. It's not about who dies. It's about who lives. Right. Yep. You know what I mean? Like so, who's going to be behind you again? Who do you love? Who do you care for? Right. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't pass away or don't have something happen to you. And then your family gets left with nothing. Yeah. And now those trials and tribulations and, and all the things that somebody's child may have to go through. A lot of those things could have been bypassed. Had yeah. you just had a life insurance policy in place. Yeah. Cause like I said, like going, going all the way back. Cause when people think of life insurance, they literally just think of the burial. But when you say like, okay, what about your kids? who's going to take them yeah. the and and god forbid you know you have they have to go with grandma or grandpa mm -hmm. 
that that is an additional expense that they weren't planning for. Those right. aren't my, those aren't my kids. Right. Like if if one of my friends died today and I had to take on their child, I can't I can't even imagine right. that uh, impact financially it would take on me. So if I pass away and both my kids go to my parents, good God, that's two kids. That's and how many uh, years that they have to raise them? Ex- exactly, because it's not eighteen years. Shit, I'm yeah. twenty eight, and they're still raising right. me. So, <laughs> and, and then not only that, right? But look at the housing market. Yeah. So what? So how uh, wages are not following? Inflation is is over eight percent right now. So cost yeah. of living is over eight percent. So yeah. even with those things, like I fear a personal fear of mine is not having enough for my kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because again, if you know, I pass away, like what is, what does the future hold for my kids if I don't have anything in place? Mm-hmm. Because even right now, I mean, I'm looking at everybody that I grew up with for the most part. And it's like, they don't got houses. Yep. You know what I mean? So yep. and the housing market is insane right now. Yep. And it's going to continue to be insane. So mm-hmm. you, so you take into account student loan debt, a car loan, personal loans, credit cards, yep. um, anything else that you may finance or, or use to put in, or use credit to put in your name. Like, mm-hmm that debt is stacking so high on somebody that now when they do say, Oh, I want to go get a house. Not only can you not afford it, but you don't qualify because you don't have a credit score and your debt to income ratio is so high. Good Lord. So what does that do? Essentially what happens is if you go over, I want to say it's on Washington, Mm -hmm. it's tent city. There's so many homeless people out there. Yep. Granted. Okay. This, everybody makes their decisions, right? But this is think financial literacy is something that contributes to, homelessness and poverty absolutely. and things of that nature. Absolutely. So it's just, like I said, the goal of this episode is just to have people be aware, to get the message and to like seek out the information and just know that it, it's not, it's really not complicated. It's really not complicated, especially when you have somebody trusting like yourself, given your background, given everything that you've been through, like your goal is not to scam somebody or to, you know, no. I'm going to take this money and invest it into something that, like, no, I'm making sure that you are set yeah. because I, I just care. And the biggest thing is you're not, I'm not in control of your money. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you just I'm, set the plan. I'm setting the plan. Your business is being done with the company itself. Mm. So there's never a point in time where I'm managing your money or I'm taking from your money. The way that I get paid is I get paid from the marketing budget. Of, of the companies. And I think that's like super important that people know that this is not, this is not a scam. This is not a, 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 a pyramid scheme. This is not something that, you know, you pay me, I get better. I do this, 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 and this for you. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think, I think people get very weary cause they're just like, they're, we're not taught anything. So hearing this, especially from a young person, they're just like, this is, that is hogwash. I don't believe that. There's no way. Like, yes, th- yes, well, it well, is. <laughs> well, think about it, right? Because back then, right, most people had three things. They had a pension, mm-hmm. they had a savings, mm-hmm. and they got Social Security. Yeah. Yeah, that's another thing. Like, Social Security is going to be, Charles, there's not going to be any Social Security for us. That right. shit going to be gone. <laughs> yes. So even with that, like, our parents who are up there in age are our grandparents, right? Mm-hmm. They're not understanding that, you know, my grandma can't understand why I haven't paid off my student loans. Granted, I don't have a lot. Right. Like, yo, like cost of living. Like there's a lot lot of of going on. Yeah. um, It's not, I can work one job and get a pension and get paid six figures. Right. Anymore. Yeah. How many, how many employers are loyal to their employees? That's true. 
Right. I don't know. So now <laughs> when you really break it down, if there's no pension, there's not going to be social security. How much can we actually save mm-hmm. these days? It's a great question. So you're almost forced, right? A lot of people don't want to take risk, but you're pretty much forced to have to risk something mm-hmm. because if you don't you're going to be that much further behind exactly so ultimately like i said people it's just important it's just important it's important it's important um we have to hit some of our segments because we're coming up on time um i know we how do i how do i tie sex into liter or financial literacy (laughs) that we talked well we talked about it i talked about it on my live on thursday too if you're broke you should not be fucking like (laughs) if you don't have an ira or a retirement plan why the fuck are you outside but i just like we talked about kids and things like that so i just think i don't know i think think it's it's important because we're talking about legacy yes right we're talking about longevity we're talking about survival we're talking about all these things in the Mm -hmm. midst of or or side by side with financial literacy Mm -hmm. so why put yourself in a situation to where you're going to be, whether it's a, a male or a female, why would you put yourself in a situation when you know that person doesn't want anything more? Yep. Right. Like it just doesn't make sense. Like now, you know what I mean? What, what happens if you have a kid and that person is yeah. not there? Because we talked about it last week, these abortion laws getting out of control. So if you force to have that baby and there's not a lot of formula right now, what, what do you, what plan do you have right. in case and, you and know? there's a difference between somebody, because I'll be honest, when I came home from school, like I couldn't get a job because yeah. the, the, really the situation was like, we were told go to school, get a good job or go to school, get an education, get a good job. Yeah. And when I came home, that wasn't the case. Yep. Everybody said, well, you've been at school, but you have no experience. So I started while I was doing my student teaching and while I was doing, um, my counseling hours mm-hmm. and coaching, I was a janitor. That's crazy. You know what I mean? So like Sheesh. my thing was like. This is where I'm starting, but yeah. I know where I'm going. Yeah. So you can't just be with somebody who is in a situation and has no further outlook or no further goals. Yep. And it's so funny because I, like I literally had a conversation with my dad where he was like, why wouldn't you date a janitor? And I was like, that's, there's literally no, there's no reason, especially now, if but, you're, but, but look how much you were yeah. doing. Now, if you're just like yeah. a janitor and you're just like, this is fine. This but is it's cool. different if you have a cleaning company though. Yeah. See, like yeah. understand the difference, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, a cleaning company, you're going to make $20,000 a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, sm- uh, uh, an extremely lucrative industry to get into. Right. But if you're just being a janitor to be a janitor, you know, making $12, $10 an hour. And you're content like, with that. Yeah. But like I said, you, you came back from school, you were educated, you were working with the kids, you were doing your student teaching, you had a a multitude of things going on. And I think people need to see that and realize that, that it wasn't, you weren't just content. This is where I'm at right now, but look at where I'm going and look at where you are now. And I, like I said, I said that on, on the live the other night, it's just like, I think a lot of times women um, and men go on these dates and they like expect like, Oh, I want a Chanel or I want this or that. And it's like, you have to, work towards that right and you gotta work with that individual to get there and you have to remember where we as black people where are like yes there's people that make multi-millions there's ballers is that 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 but we on average make less than forty thousand a year 
Right. So, so why are we spending money on Gucci, Louis, Fendi, Prada? Exactly. What's song? What's song? Uh, oh yeah, Gucci, Gucci, <laughs> Louis, Louis, Fendi, Fendi, Prada. That yeah. was my shit yeah. back in the day. But, but, the, but the thing is, there's no return on that investment at all, so what except that it's pretty. Like literally none. Literally none. And I'm listen. I'm not saying because this. I get this in my DMs all the time. <laughs> so what are you saying? We can't buy nice things for ourselves. No, that's not what I'm saying. No. I'm saying it's it's priorities. Yes, right? and and like we said, we're not how you talked about the things that we're taught about financial literacy are wrong. But also, we as a black community, we have we feel the need to like put that shit on or like I have to show that I have wealth instead of just yeah. putting it away and knowing in my head like yeah. You know, I'm not going out and buying a table, but I know I have this in the bank and I have this in my savings. I have this. Yeah policy you know what i mean yeah. like like my whole mindset is like when i get there and i know i'm gonna get there i'm not gonna go buy a brand new g-wagon no i'm gonna buy <laughs> one that's you know 2007 2008 for fifty thousand dollars and right. redo the inside and still exactly you know what I, like you could get listen you could go on uh aliexpress right now and get a fake rolex for 150 dollars yep. but i bet you if i wore that and Whoever wasn't listening to this podcast would have saw me. They would have thought, oh, man, he must make good money. Right. Oh, he got a rolly on. And then, this shit fake as hell. Yeah, and, they, <laughs> and, they, and they would be more inclined to listen to me. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the issue. Yeah. In, in with Within our community. Yeah. Is that we have to, like, express the wealth instead of, or, like, show it so much. And that's, like we said, too, it's like, these people will be in the club, will be, new jays jordans are chain on and they're buying bottles after bottles after bottles and then they pass away and everybody's doing a car wash for them and it's like where was all this money like mm-hmm. we have to get out of this mindset that oh because they look wealthy that they must be wealthy because I, I see pictures all the time of like bill gates or like what's his name yeah. what's what's the amazon uh, Jeff. Yeah, Bezos. Jeff Bezos. Like that nigga be wearing like Skechers and shit, and and he's the <laughs> richest man in the world. Yeah. It's like why why as we as a black community do we feel like I have to show it or it doesn't exist? I don't know. I mean, it, if you, it's probably because of slavery. Probably. Well, well I'm think, sure we I could think, probably tie it all. Everything goes yeah, back to slavery. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe just the 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 need or want to be seen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's it's such a weird. Oh well, no, I'm not going to go down that route. Yeah, because <laughs> we'll, 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 we we'll be here another two hours. Right, we don't have that time. But um, dang, we're gonna have to. You're gonna have to come back for a part two because I'm. Uh, uh, I know we have to unfortunately wrap it up, but um, you're definitely we're, you you have to come back. Like you have to have to have to come back. Um, anything that you want to put on this week for the put me on segment? Um, you name dropped a bunch of people, so I feel like put me on segment. Um, who did? I mean, like, arrive financial. You got oh, yeah. the hat on. I mean, I can, I could shout out like a thousand people. Yeah, but arrive financial. I mean, we're safe money advisors. That's the home team. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll just kind of shout <laughs> them out. You know, my bad. Yeah, no, you're good. I, was, I wasn't prepared for that. No, one. you're totally because in my fine. head, I'm like, oh well, I got you know Joe Leone, I got Rich Salgado, I got you go know, ahead, I could, I could keep shout them out. So, um, the put me on segment. Fuck it, I'm gonna put us on Charles. The bitch you better podcast, y'all. Keep streaming, keep listening. Charles is coming out with a podcast soon. I'm super excited. Do you have a name for it yet? Uh, off topic. Super cool. I want to come on if you'll have me. <laughs> oh, what's it about? Tell us real quick. Yeah. 
Just everything. I know that's how I feel when people ask me, like, what do you talk about the bitch you better? And I'm like, um. Oh, you know what? I, I have a perfect put on. Yes. So we talk about this offline. Yeah. The billboard. The bitch you better billboard. Ooh. So think about how many people pass a billboard on the daily and how many people would like to if they could be on a billboard. Mm-hmm. So the bitch you better podcast is going to provide a space with the bitch you better billboard. So yeah. what better what better billboard than one that's black owned? Yes. So keeping in step with that, Jazz yes. is going to start doing advertisements and start doing sponsorships. Yep. So if you want to get on the billboard, now would be your time to do it. Get yep. in early, support the pod. Mm-hmm. Let's make it happen. Exactly. Because the last episode, Charles, I literally said we are going to start doing sponsorships and ads because of this one. So we'll, we'll have to, we definitely have to connect because I, I don't, I, there's so much, so many questions that I have. Cause I don't know. I don't know shit about fuck. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, also we don't have a visual this week, but, uh, the pixie dust tumblers, uh, my bitch, you better cups. So super cute. We're not drinking today, which I feel like is, is smart because I would have been all over the place. I want to be clear headed <laughs> to retain this information because yeah. everything that you said was so good. And like, it's crazy to me, like, when I even think about financial literacy, like, while you were talking, I was like, this sounds complicated, it sounds like a knot, but as you continued to talk, it all became more and more and more clear to me, so I'm like, this was just such a good episode, and I'm so grateful you're coming back, like, I don't, Thank <laughs> like, you. Thank you. it's happening, um, I'm gonna have to rework some guests in June, because I definitely want you to come back, so we can talk more, because you have... I feel like we, I feel like we didn't touch on nearly everything. I think we talked a lot, but not. No, I mean, there's <laughs> so much, there's so much more in depth breakdown, like just from all aspects. We might have to do like a collaboration where it's like a series, like seriously, like we'll, we'll talk yeah. more, but uh, thank you again, Elijah. Um, your Instagram is at GoFundMe Killer. Yes. I'm going to tag it in the description and, um, yeah, thank you again. Like no, thank I just thank you for having me. You are just so great. Like it's the the message was just so important and I'm just so glad that you came on that you took the time to to speak to everybody. I'm glad that this is recorded so oh, people you know can what? go back. I forgot the put me the link up. Hello. Yes. That's See, how, that's oh how my we God. made the connection. My bad, Becca. My bad. Yeah, sorry, Beck. We're gonna shout out the link up. Um, because of her. Yes, we we met and and I'm still so sad that I did not get to be at that one where you got to speak. Um, but thankful for the link up that networking event um shout out to becca um she actually has one today but by the time you guys hear this it's gonna be like a week late um i'm gonna tag that too because she because of her we we met um your wife she does earrings and i've seen like she's gonna start doing that some more yeah yeah, she does she's real shy but she does earrings she has a podcast she does photography mercedes right uh, Melanie, yeah. Me- her, her middle name is Mercedes. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Oh, okay. No, you're good. You're okay, good. I'm like, her, her Instagram. Her Instagram is okay, Mercedes, okay. Mercedes <laughs> Mel, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, my wife's super talented, um, just super shy. Yeah, so she I'm, is. So I'm, you know, trying to get her, hey, like, get out there. Come on, the yeah. Podcast. Because like, it's it's funny that you say that she's shy because she's she's Puerto Rican and Dominican, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, right? <laughs> Which from, is from like, the Bronx. <laughs> Which is like the fieriest of fire. So for her to be yeah. shy is just so funny. But yeah, she, you guys are definitely going to have to come on. Um, we'll have to talk more. Um, thank you again. You are amazing. And I think that's it for us, right, Charles? You ready to get out of here? <laughs> All right.
right. Thank you guys. We'll see you next week.